to be honest, I don't see the repository as a full-time job for me. I started it as a bit of a, a side gig that I thought that would take for maybe four hours a week. And, it, and now it's more like a day and a half. So it does take a bit of time to put together because it's, it's sourcing all the stories, reading everything, and then making sure that I don't want to just pick any tweets to include in, in the newsletter. I want to make sure that I'm trying to find as many views as possible and the ones that I'm including in the newsletter are representative of, of, the, of the views that you know, are in the community. It's the start of the new year and the thing you don't want on your mind is hacked WordPress websites, malicious code, or some bot taking down your WooCommerce store. Trust the team at Malcare to protect your site or collection of sites if you're an agency check out what they have to offer at malcare.com from scanning monitoring firewalls and automated removal don't let wordpress security be the thing that keeps you up at night use malcare.com malcare is brought to you by the same team behind blog vault one of the industry's most trusted backup solutions for wordpress so why not trust them this year to protect your wordpress site for you say thanks to malcare for supporting the show and start protecting your wordpress website for free at malcare.com. WordPress news is hard. I mean, it's hard to turn it into a real business. I get away with covering WordPress here on the Matt Report because our guests are sharing lessons on how they built their business or spend time telling us how they navigated the community until they found their way. But news, well, that's why the WP Tavern has been the only name in town for a while, loaded with two critical components, a dedicated staff, and they're funded. If you want to make it, you have to do things differently. You have to do things like Ray Mori and her repository newsletter. Today we'll chat about building her WordPress news newsletter, background as a journalist, and explore what it takes to really make all of this work. Thanks goes out to Malcare today for sponsoring a month of the Matt Report and the WP Minute. You can help us by visiting buymeacoffee.com slash Report. Okay, here's Ray kicking things off about her day job not in the WordPress world at all. So Art Processes is, as you said, a, an experiential design and creative technology company. And we develop experiences for cultural and tourism organisations. So you might go into a, a gallery or a museum and experience an audio tour and we create immersive experiences where you can wander around a space and hear audio that that's designed especially for that space. It, tra- it moves with you around around a gallery or exhibition. We, we do precinct technology, uh, virtual queuing, augmented reality experiences, and we do exhibition design in a lot of different spaces. For example, we're doing a, a brand new exhibition smack bang in the middle of Montana at the moment for the for a forestry project there. We do, we do the audio guide for the Getty in Los Angeles. So that's an example of, of the kind of thing I do for my, my day job there is, is communications manager. So I look after publicity, marketing, anything to do with words, I guess, on the website. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I do for a day job. Does anybody ever give you like a side eye when maybe a customer comes in and they're like, we have a WordPress website. Do they look at you and be like, hey, <laughs> we think we know somebody who kind of knows this to implement whatever project we might have? I don't know. I, I, to be honest, I kind of play down what I do with WordPress because I don't want to be that person that people kind of like go to <laughs> asking for a, <laughs> you don't can tell you help me with my website. Yeah. Oh, I, I hate to say it, but our website, our process actually uses Drupal. So mm-hmm. I've had to learn that this year. Not, not my decision, but yeah, it's been interesting seeing what the competition's all about. 
Yeah, that was the, the mm. second most serious application I used to build websites was Drupal before, or, or slightly after, uh, front page. Well, I guess throw Dreamweaver in there too, but <laughs> it went front page, Dreamweaver, and then Drupal, and then WordPress. Uh, yeah. Drupal's a fantastic platform, I think. I, don't, I wouldn't use it today, but I, th- I still think it's a very powerful platform. Yeah, it's interesting uh, using sure. it compared to WordPress at the moment. Very different platforms. But yeah. How do you find time to, to do the repository? Uh, and works by birds, and you have a family. <laughs> how do you yeah. how do you structure your day with all of this stuff? The honest answer is I have no idea. I, I think over the past couple of years, I don't know if you're aware, but Melbourne, where I live here in Australia, has been the most locked down city in the world. We've had the most restrictions, lockdowns out of everywhere. It's just the circumstances, I guess, here. But that's given me a lot of time to look at to spend on um, side projects, I guess. So when so the the repository, I started that with. Gerstard from Mail Poet back in November 2019, and that was just before the pandemic. And so, I guess the repository, in a way, became a bit of a panda- pandemic passion project that I was working on while in lockdown, and has continued through to now. And yeah, I was I was also on maternity leave from my day job throughout um, 2020, so that gave me a lot of time to focus on building up the newsletter and. Yeah, since returning to my day job part-time, I've, I've just, I guess, structure my week so that part-time work and, and also have the repository for a, a day and a half a week. So just try to split up the, the week to, to fit everything in. And, and also um, I'm very um, fortunate to have a, a partner who um, who I co-parent, well, shouldn't say co-parent with, we're very much together, but we split our parenting duties 50-50, which is we're a very modern family in that respect. So, yeah, we both prioritise our careers but also our son. So, yeah, so there there is a way for, for mums with a lot of things on to, to do all the things that they are passionate about. Do you have a certain structure, and I can I can share mine uh, as well for with, for the WP Minute? But do you have a certain structure that you would you wouldn't mind sharing on how you keep track of all uh, of the news? And this obviously is happening throughout the week. Uh, are you jotting things down in a to do list in a Notion document, and then at the end you go to write up the email and you just sit down with all of those notes in front of you? Mm. How does this all come curated together? Yeah, look, there's no. <laughs> Pulling back the curtain, there's no special fancy way that I, I do it. My background is is in journalism. I studied journalism at uni and so I naturally just do a lot of note-taking all the time because I'm just, every time I see something, I think, oh, that's really cool. And I use Apple Notes on my on my MacBook Air, on my iPhone. I'm an Apple person and everything syncs and so I'm constantly taking notes. And I guess with the repository, I use Feedly.com to track Oh, something like 70 or 80 different websites and blogs. And so I, I go through that periodically throughout the week just to track what, what's happening and keep on top of everybody's latest updates. I'm also checking Twitter all the time on my phone and it's a bit harder to save tweets. So I have to, yeah, I've just been finding a way to, to do that really well. But um, yeah, I'm always checking Twitter, whether I'm you know, throughout the day or in the evening while I'm watching TV, having a, having a scroll. Uh, and that's, that's mostly, I guess, my research for the repository, just between those two, just seeing what's going on. And I guess also just catching up with people throughout the week in the WordPress community, whether it's just DMing on, on Twitter or chats over emails and, and, and calls. Those are the, the kinds of ways that I, I keep in touch with what's going on. 
Sure. The the newsletter. So there's uh, you just said that there, you're you're probably tracking seventy to eighty sources of of news, or at least new, news that you can throw into an RSS feed and put into Feedly. Probably twenty mm. percent of them, I would reckon, are are newsletters or have a newsletter component to them. Your newsletter is unique to to me, by the way. Or listen. Let me take a step. I'm honored for you to be here. I'm not a journalist. I'm not a great writer. I struggle with words, in fact. And I look at your piece as something that is it's fantastic. It's unique. It's creative. I look no, at it thanks. as a conversation that that ends up in my inbox. Before I knew who you were, I had some other voice in my head. <laughs> but then I realized, then I found out who you were. And I was like, oh, now it's your voice. Every time I read <laughs> the, the newsletter, like I'm hearing it with this Australian uh, accent. And it's fantastic. But it's it's much more of, to me anyway, like a, a conversation, maybe a story. Was that on purpose? Is that a strategy? I don't want to slap strategy on art, but is that a strategy of yours to make it different that way? Uh, when when Kim and I originally started the repository, or at least bef- actually before we started the repository, we were talking about ideas because Kim and I are both journalists in, in previous life and, and we wanted to bring something to the WordPress community. Then <laughs> I guess in a way there was that ulterior motive of showing off male poet platform, but also we, as, as former journalists, we just wanted to put something together that brought the WordPress news in a way that was I guess a lot of news stories in WordPress tend to include a lot of opinion, but we wanted to bring other people's opinions to the fore as well. We wanted to increase the diversity in the news, but not just by having lots of different news sources, but bringing people's opinions that you might not you might not otherwise see. So the the format that we came up with and we still have to this day was, you know, looking for looking at a particular issue from a lot of different perspectives. So we like a story recently, like State of the Word. It's not just the the actual State of the Word video, but lots of different blog posts and opinions from different people and what they make of of the State of the Word. So you can kind of read about read about a news story, but also get the context of where that story fits within the WordPress world and then varying opinions on what people thought about that. So you can get that kind of more nuanced viewpoint from, from different people and, and, and have that way of understanding an issue from different viewpoints because not everybody looks at things the same way. It's, it's nice to kind of read something but then understand where it, where it fits in the ecosystem and that's, that's the approach that we were going for. This is a, a huge question and I'll let you dissect it and define it and pull pieces out of it as you see fit. WordPress news, like what is, as somebody with a journalistic background, what does that really mean or what should it really mean? And maybe even before you answer that, can you help clarify like what a journalist produces versus let's say an opinion piece or a commentator might produce. Because to be honest with you, I didn't discover this recently, but for many years I was just like, oh, I don't know the difference. I didn't know that you that a journalist doesn't really put opinion into their into their piece. And there are certain guidelines that one should approach journalism with versus I would say like somebody like a Kara Swisher 
who's what I would say is maybe a celebrity journalist, but no longer a journalist, I think is much more on the commentator stuff for probably many different reasons. But anyway, could you help us define what journalist means to you, should mean in the WordPress space? Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because there's definitely a mix of everything in the WordPress community. I worked in, in newspaper journalism and so it was very... and and. I guess the newspaper I worked for was very straight in that it was news stories. You get one side, you report on one side of the debate and the other side of the debate. You make sure you have, you know, balanced views on a topic and you present that. And that's purely without any kind of opinion. And you try to be as objective as possible in the way that you present it. So that's, I guess, very traditional, old fashioned, old school journalism. That's kind of where my background is. I guess in the in the WordPress community, we don't really have anything. I guess the closest to that would probably be Sarah Gooding at, at WP Tavern. And even then, some of her pieces can have some opinion inserted here and there for, for her context. She's She's been in the community for a really long time. So her opinions, I, I find it fairly valid. But, but yeah, that's not really, I guess, old school journalism as, as a lot of people would see it. And then you get... Yeah, I think blog blog posts and things like that where people are offering an opinion, That's I wouldn't really class that as news so much as opinion and, and people adding their pers- perspectives to the debate. It's, it's an interesting one in the WordPress community. We don't have a lot of news sources. A lot of people who've tried to start WordPress news over the years haven't been, haven't been that successful because it's not it's not a business that is profitable, as we've seen more broadly in, in the news industry with the rise of the internet and the fighting for advertising and paywalls and, and all, of, all of that kind of thing. In, in WordPress, we could, we could definitely use more news sources. The, the greater diversity you have with news, the more accountability businesses have to have to operate in this environment. The more, the more scrutiny, the, the better, I think in terms of businesses operating and, and making sure that they're, they're operating above board. It, w- it would certainly be nice to have more news sources. It's, it's certainly great that there are a lot of people who who blog and share their opinion. But, yeah, I think there's definitely room for, for more harder news in the WordPress community, particularly over the past year how we've had so many acquisitions and and we, we're going from an ecosystem full of, I guess, small to medium businesses to we've got big corporates and multinationals, I guess, like Google that are operating in, in our in our ecosystem. And we want to keep those businesses to know around what they're doing. And I, I'm not saying a way to, to scare them that they shouldn't be in our ecosystem, but just to people want to know what's what's going on and, and, and make sure that they're operating in a, in a fair way. Let's say news article or piece or research, even if you went to an acquisition that happened a year, two years ago, we might be checking in on, let's say something like an iThemes. It's probably the one that I can think of, at least off the top of my head, that dates pretty far back. Big company getting picked up by a hosting company. And now Corey, who started that company, now runs post status. One might say, okay, Let's take a look at what happened with these acquisitions in terms of employment. Are the people still there? Is the product still what it was when they acquired it? What does the price point look like? Have these big hosting companies, which catch a lot of heat because they are big hosting companies, did they just roll it into their mega solution and the once artisanal piece of iThemes is just gone and it's just <laughs> another toggle it's just another toggle on the dashboard right is that a fair assessment to say that's the kind of news that we 
or journalism that we would want to see in the space, or at least maybe you would want to see in the space? Not trying to put yeah. words in your mouth, but yeah, I think that kind of journalism would be good. I, I, I guess it's it's interesting because we work in a space with some really big companies, and there are lots of acquisitions going on. It's 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 that would be interesting to see you know, the, the 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 quality and the end product that's offered to to users. Is that being maintained? As I know, there's been a bit of angst with Awesome Motive buying out people plugging Sand Hills development. It'd be interesting to go back in, as you say, in 12 months' time. And from looking at that story as a journalist, you'd probably want to find long-term users and, and get their perspectives, whether that's on the record or as background for a story, and maybe speak to staff if they're happy to speak, even anonymously, and get their their views on and that how they think the transa- transition has been. Yeah, though, those are the kinds of interesting stories that we're not really seeing so much. We're seeing the, the, the acquisition and the sale, but we're not really seeing the, I guess, the, the journey of ac- how acquisitions are, are tracking. We're not seeing what's happening to, particularly with automatic buying out so many businesses. What are happening to those businesses? They've bought quite a few in the in the past year and the past few years. It'd be interesting to see what's what's happened to the, the end product, how it's, how it's been absorbed into to automatic and WordPress.com and, and has, it, has it been for, I guess, the, the greater good? in supporting those employees and, and the, the businesses, but also providing a, a more polished product for the end user if that, if that was the, the purpose of the, of the acquisition. I think another, another topic would be something like uh, core, core contributors, uh, which companies are funding core contribution mm, uh, to, to the WordPress core. I think uh, in Matt's state of the word, which I do have the slides on the WP Minute, which I'll try to link up in the show notes. I think he showed a graphic of automatic somewhere in the 70 person mark. Uh, Yoast coming in. Again, this is just off the top of my head. I think second place with maybe 14 people. And mm-hmm. then it's like GoDaddy, who just acquired Pagely, who's a multi billion dollar publicly. Public, are they publicly traded? I better not see. This is what this is what makes a real journalist. <laughs> they don't just say things like this. I'm not sure off the top of my head. To be honest, <laughs> I think they're a publicly traded company. If they're not, they're really big, and they've got billions and billions of dollars. But I think only four or five people who actually contribute to core and WordPress is a massive part of their business. Why aren't they doing? Why aren't they doing more for for WordPress? What's what's the reason? And how much are they really benefiting off of open source? I think a lot of people give Matt. And automatic a lot of heat around the fact that, well, this is an open source product and and this is just all funneling to the top of WordPress.com to make WordPress.com more money. But it's, oh, by the way, there are billion dollar hosting companies mm. leveraging this too, who are not giving back. Yeah, uh, and don't forget much. Google as well. They're they're Google, a pretty correct. massive company, and and I'm not sure exactly how many people they've contributed to the how they contributing to WordPress 5.9, but yeah, it'd be interesting. But you also mentioned Yoast in there, and I wonder if they'll increase their contributor numbers now that Newfold Digital has has acquired them. It'd be interesting to see how that con- contribution space changes. And and also in the state of the word, Matt shared how he would like to see that you know landscape of contribution change in the coming years. So yeah, it would be it would be great to see those big businesses putting back more in as far as five for the five. Five for the future goes. It's it's great to see so many smaller individuals and and businesses contributing. But also the, another interesting story I think is over the over the past year there's been a drop in in volunteers and contributors to the project and and automatic has picked up the lion's share of, of that work, which you can't fault automatic for stepping in and and supporting the project in that way. It would be great to see 
you know, some of the, the bigger businesses stepping in and, and putting up resources for that too. I was really pleased to see XWPs has, has, has put up contributors for the performance team and it would be great to see more businesses like that who have that kind of expertise be able to um, contribute their people to different parts of the project that could help because it's not really just about developers, it's also about marketing and um, design and mobile. There, there are a lot of different, and, and education, there are a lot of different spaces that need contributors. And what we've, I hope we've just done is illustrate how important WordPress news is and could be if there was more funding in the space. So how do we make money doing this, Ray? <laughs> I want to <laughs> pivot and talk about that a little bit because you, you, you have the well, I'm going to say the only vehicle for content you put out for WordPress is the newsletter, the repository. You're just sending out email. You're not doing a blog. You're not doing a YouTube channel. You're not doing a podcast yet. Uh, <laughs> and you monetize that through, through sponsorship. It's, it's, well, I'll let you, I'm not, you don't have to say any numbers. It's not a full-time job for you. In other words, it's not supporting you full-time compared to your day job. Maybe mm-hmm. one day it will. What, like, what do you think it's going to take to make the repository a full-time job? Is there enough of an audience in the WordPress news space to build a, a true, air quotes, air quotes, business? Or should mm-hmm. we be selling NFTs to support this? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but who, who knows how long that's going to be around for. To be honest, I don't see the repository as a full-time job for me. I started it as a bit of a, a side gig that I thought that would take for maybe four hours a week. And, it, and now it's more like a day and a half. So it does take a bit of time to put together because it's, it's sourcing all the stories, reading everything, and then making sure that I don't want to just pick any tweets to include in, in the newsletter. I want to make sure that I'm trying to find as many views as possible and the ones that I'm including in the newsletter are representative of, of, the, of the views that, you know, are in the community as well as any that might be a bit unusual. The... I think that it's it's an interesting one, funding. I'm very lucky to have GoDaddy and Elementor sponsor, sponsoring uh, the newsletter this year. They've been fantastic sponsors. One thing I, I do is when I enter into an agreement with a sponsor, I make it clear if that I, I want to retain editorial independence. So if there are any stories that involve them, good or bad, I'm going to include them in the newsletter. Even earlier in the year when Automatic was, MailPoll was sponsoring the newsletter for the, the, all of last year and and uh, and that was fantastic. It, it allowed the, the newsletter to really grow. But then when Automatic bought out MailPoll, Automatic began, took over sponsorship of the newsletter for the first uh, quarter of, of 2021. And that was part of the agreement as well. I made sure that any stories involving automatic, we were still going to report on those. I think it's really important if any publications have sponsorship agreements of, of that type, that it is very clear that editorial independence is is important and, and that's separate from sponsorship. There are lots of other different models, as, as we've discussed before as well, uh, of the podcast. There are lots of different models for for funding news. It's it's a bit of experimentation, I think. There's philanthropy, as we've seen, like philanthropical, uh, philanthropic funding uh, model. There are crowdsourced kind of funding models. It's, it's an interesting one because at the end of the day, everybody wants news, but not everybody's willing to pay for it. And that's a, that's, the struggle is real there. It's really hard to overcome that because for a long time, news is, I guess, 
almost been, well, it's been free on the internet. It's easy to find sources. A lot of people think that they can find it themselves, but the convenience of having a newsletter like the repository brings it all together and, and makes it more accessible. Yeah. How do we encourage, uh, I'll, I'll fall on this grenade. You don't have to agree with me. <laughs> okay. I'll be, I'll be the, the guy who says it out loud, but um, how do we encourage better content to be made? And I say content specifically because I know not every not everyone doesn't want to cover the inside baseball of of WordPress. Uh, they don't want to dive deep into stories. I get it because it's a very small audience, and maybe we'll talk about that in a moment. Like it's kind of a, a small audience who really cares about this stuff. Very niche, yeah. Versus like, how do I build this Elementor site to make a thousand dollars a month? Mm. That's a much larger audience who cares about again, air quotes, cares about WordPress. How do we encourage others to create better content? Or do you have any any words of wisdom on how to create better content so that we all, the content creators in WordPress, whether it's a journalist, uh, an opinion piece, or maybe even a tutorial, that businesses take us a little bit, brands that sponsor us or donate to us, take us a little bit more serious? Because I've over, I've, what I've seen is the oversaturation of asking for like donations and sponsorships and then the content never gets made Hmm. and what i feel like is that kind of hurts us maybe not i don't know but kind of hurts us where we knock on that that brand's door and we say hey we get this great thing we're pouring so much effort into it and they go yeah that other person burned me for five thousand (laughs) dollars and they didn't really that they didn't do the ad read right or they didn't create the Mm. amount of content that we thought or the content didn't bring us that much traction so you have this i'm giving you five thousand i want five thousand and one back any words of wisdom for elevating the quality of content or is it just like survival of the fittest Yeah, I think it's, it's a really interesting topic and a good question. The only way I guess I can answer that is is from my own experience. When I started the repository, I was really fortunate that I, I guess I was the, the the writer for the project. It was a collaboration between myself and Kim. So I was writing. Kim was basically bankrolling. He didn't. He was running his own company. Didn't have the time. So it was a collaboration between the two of us. We talked, discussed the news, and and made the website, and we kicked it off with I think seven subscribers I can't remember in the first issue not many and we we got got up to about 100 subscribers and and it kind of just plateaued for a while but we kept on going and slowly it, it it snowballed but it took probably a good year of of the newsletter to um, really get into, to really start growing our subscribers. I think by that stage, we might've had two or 300 subscribers by the end of the first year. And we were, we were a bit deflated. We thought we'd have more subscribers and we were trying to trying to become more well-known and and get more people reading, but it's a, it's a pretty hard thing. And so it was when it, when it came time for Kim to step away when Malpot was acquired and and then Automatic finished sponsoring after they acquired Poet. I was kind of in a spot where I didn't know where I was going to go next with sponsorship. And it was that that good year of very slow growth and just focusing on writing something quality that attracted GoDaddy to, to sponsor. They were they're our they were our first sponsor who really saw what we were what we were aiming for with a newsletter. Or by that stage. Did they reach out I, to you? 
No, I was really lucky. So Laura Nelson, who works at Male Poet in their marketing, she's now at WooCommerce. She was absolutely um, critical in, in helping develop that relationship. She's a fantastic member in the WordPress community. So she helped introduce us. And yeah, GoDaddy's still a sponsor and, and it's it's their Adam and Courtney and, and their belief in the newsletter and, and and wanting to, they also have a sponsor section in the newsletter that allows them to share events and 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 other pieces with the community. That's that's been um, critical in in the, the the ongoing publishing of, of the newsletter. Yeah, and these kinds of projects can't really can't happen without money. <laughs> I've right. got family to support, so it's it's yeah. an interesting one in terms of how do we keep these kinds of things afloat. And as far as going back to your question about quality content. I think I think a lot of people want to make money really quickly. And yeah, of course, who doesn't? Everyone wants wants to make money, but sometimes it does take a slow burn and working on something with the aim of producing something high quality that is going to make some money in the end. And I'm happy to say the and happy to share that the the repository is profitable for me. It's not going to be a full-time job, but for what it what it is at the moment and I don't have plans for major expansion, but it is in its Yet. current form. <laughs> no, well, I, I don't have big plans to have a podcast or a big website and, and do lots of reporting. People, subscribers seem pretty happy with with what it is at the moment, and and I am happy to share that in in the new year, Ali Nimmons is coming on board to help with community outreach and in increasing the number of voices that are in, in the newsletter. That's really important for me to make sure we're not just rinse and repeating the same voices over and over again in the newsletter we want to make sure that people who are doing awesome things and they might not be as vocal we want to make sure that they're included as well and and I want the newsletter to be a source of of amazing work that's happening across the community not just the same things over and over again as can happen in in some spaces yeah other than one of the things one of the things that I think is a challenge is is that I think what we want is we want the maybe not even average WordPress user, but maybe above average WordPress user to want to turn into the news, mm-hmm. like turn, excuse me, tune into the news, right? Because hey, maybe the above average WordPress user is an IT professional and she manages a hundred multi sites for a university, and you know, not in the WordPress community. But my God, wouldn't you like to know when? Awesome Motive buys the the suite of plugins that you use, and suddenly you're like, "Who the heck is Awesome Motive?" And if if I was tuning in to a news coverage, maybe somebody's doing a piece on who Awesome Motive is and the background and the history, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I, I don't know if you've thought about this. I don't know if this is something that maybe you even plan to to go into with the newsletter. Is like, how do we how do we dip into that segment of the reader of the demographic? I think of a local newspaper. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, like. We're doing Fashion Week. <laughs> I know what's going on here. Right? One, you have advertisement. Two, hope you're you're hoping that you're doing Fashion Week and you're getting some new eyeballs on the the, the baseline publication. Maybe at that it raises more readers in the long run. Is there something like that that we can do without selling ourselves to affiliate links? And oh, geez, that's a tough question. How do you <laughs> how do you broaden your audience? It's a hard one because WordPress news is so small a niche and how you reach that kind of other level of of users is a, is a tough one. I, I don't know if I have any answers to that. <laughs> I'd be interested <laughs> to hear from other people who might have done it successfully because I'm, I can't think of 
how it, it just feels like there's a almost like a thin barrier between the people who who read I guess serious WordPress news that the core contributors and developers and small business owners and people who are very involved in the community and then everybody else it just seems like a big step and yeah I don't know I just don't feel that they're that necessarily interested in in how WordPress comes together or if people who use the platform like that ever will be that's a that's a really interesting area to explore yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say something in, in hopes that Sarah Gooding is listening <laughs> to this and she and she uses this in the in the headline. But I think that the cap on the audience, and, and you could probably just again, you don't have to reveal anything from your side, but I think the cap on the audience of people who really care about the inside WordPress news is probably right around 3,000 human beings on the face of this earth is the number that I would say of people who actually mm-hmm. care about like what Matt says in the state of the word and how it impacts WordPress for, for, for years, I was gonna say months, months, years to come, or really care about themes getting acquired. I, I think my number is about 3,000, maybe on a good day, 3,500, but I'd say 3,000 is the global reach of WordPress news. Yeah. You can I, use I that, know. Sarah, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, I don't have that many subscribers to the newsletter. It's, it's it's an interesting one, like how, how many people are really interested in WordPress news because I've spoken to people who work at Automatic and some other WordPress businesses who work with the community but aren't necessarily interested in the community <laughs> or right. kind of want to be kind of that step away because they don't want to be too involved in it. So it, 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 it is an interesting number, but also we've got the, the English-speaking people who are involved in the community, and then we've got the non-English-speaking people who have communities in other parts of the world. So who knows if I, I assume that number you're thinking are probably English speakers. So if we think about the people who are, are non-English speakers and are very involved in WordPress, like you can see all the amazing work that Mary Job is doing in Africa and the amazing WordCamp that was held at Word, WordCamp Spain recently and the community is just so passionate over there that they even produced a live late night, a late night show pre-recorded. But there, there are people really passionate about WordPress and the community. Oh, WordPress, the, the recent WordCamp in, in Portugal. Spain. Oh, Portugal, Portugal yeah. recently. Yeah, uh, looking at just their their daily schedule of, of, of talks throughout the, the two days, it was all very community-based and, and the events they had on day two were, were everybody getting together and, and doing things in person together. The, the whole comp, that, that whole event was around community and nurturing the connections with people and and so there, it could be three thousand, three and a half thousand people who are you know really interested in WordPress and, and they're you know knowing more about WordPress news. But I would say that number would be a lot bigger once we start thinking about non English speakers. And and I think that's an interesting area to explore. Like how do we kind of bring the those communities together, the English and non English speakers? How do we bring those people? as just the people who are interested in WordPress, regardless of, of language. And that'll be an interesting right. one to explore in the next year or two as we get closer to exploring when when language and translation becomes the, the dominant focus of, of the project. What do you piggyback off of this conversation of how many 
max amount of audience I might have. The WP Minute, who has only been around for about six-ish months, the biggest piece that it saw was, biggest story that it saw was Paul Lacey's story about Gutenberg and how Gutenberg has impacted himself, but also his his opinion on how it impacted the the community. That one saw about 2,200, 2,300 views to the, to the article and about almost 400 downloads to the podcast episode. And of course, anything that you bring up around Gutenberg and its impact on whatever. I mean, Gutenberg's impact on whatever, uh, the community, the software performance is always going to get a look or view. Are there any other hard hitting topics you think that might be? that we haven't explored yet. Uh, by the time this episode goes out, it'll be 2022. Something this year, you think, which is kind of interesting uh, that folks should be paying attention to or the next topic? Oh, yeah. I'm interested to see how the acquisition train goes next year in terms of more acquisitions in the space. And also, uh, you can't really get away from Gutenberg, can you? That's going to be a big focus of next year. It really yeah. jumped out at me during the state of the word when Matt was saying we, we only have a handful of, of block themes and he'd like to see 3,000 by the end of next year. So it'd be interesting to see. I, I guess one of the interesting stories will be how, how uh, you know, block themes become more commercialised. Well, are we going to see more theme authors once 5.9 comes out? Are they going to feel ready to really explore that space? We're going to see a lot more of those themes on on theme forests and, and other kinds of marketplaces like that. It'll be interesting to see how that rolls out next year because after that, Matt was talking about venturing into collaboration as the, the focus, you know, as in, at the next phase of the roadmap for for WordPress. So are we going to see blocks wrap up next year or continue kind of fall into the into the following year? Yeah. And I, I think the the other thing is also probably more seriously thinking about volunteers and, and contributors to WordPress. That was a big focus of the state of the word and and uh, the lack of volunteers thanks to the pandemic that'd be an interesting thing to watch next year are we it's it's mostly uh, sponsored people who are contributing to wordpress we, we see a lot a lot of that are we going to see more of a drive to uh, have more sponsored people working on the project or trying to recruit more people who who aren't sponsored that'd be an interesting thing to watch next year as, as far as contributions go and how that increases or potentially decreases, I guess we'll say. Gutenberg everywhere. Blocks, <laughs> give me all the blocks. Ray, this has been a fantastic conversation. I really can't thank you enough. I, I could go on for another hour, uh, but I'm sure you're sick and, <laughs> sick and tired of hearing me. Where can folks go to all. sign up to the newsletter and say thanks online? Well, if you're interested in um, joining the repository, it's, it comes out every Friday. Go to the repository.email to sign up. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast, Matt. I've been uh, listening for years and yeah, it's uh, truly an honor to, to be featured. Oh, I, I, it's a pleasure and an honor having you here as well. I, I also love the repository. Go sign up. The show, the links will be in the show notes. Hey, if you want to support independent WordPress news or content, number one, sign up for the repository. And if you're a, a big business and you've got some bucks, make sure you knock on Ray's door to say, hey, I'd love to sponsor the newsletter. And then... <laughs> When you're done with her, she'll send you my way to spend $79 <laughs> to join uh, the WP Minute membership. Get your hand in the weekly WordPress news in our private Discord. Interact with folks like Ray and others who produce the show at buymeacoffee.com slash Matt Report. We'll see you in the next episode. 
It's the start of the new year, and the thing you don't want on your mind is hacked WordPress websites, malicious code, or some bot taking down your WooCommerce store. Trust the team at Malcare to protect your site or collection of sites if you're an agency. Check out what they have to offer at malcare.com from scanning, monitoring, firewalls, and automated removal. Don't let WordPress security be the thing that keeps you up at night. Use malcare.com. Malcare is brought to you by the same team behind Blog Vault, one of the industry's most trusted backup solutions for WordPress, so why not trust them this year to protect your WordPress site for you? Say thanks to Malcare for supporting the show and start protecting your WordPress website for free at malcare.com.